How are you, Michael? I'm doing great. And I am kind of a little nervous, to be honest with you, because we oh, have... Be nervous. Yeah, I know. I try. I, every time we have a special guest, I always say, I'm not going to be nervous. I'm not going to be nervous. But then You're I, always today, nervous. I'm always nervous. Every time. Yeah, I see my kids. I'm nervous. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm a nervous person, I guess. I'm nervous when I meet face-to-face, but like through Zoom, it, it's fine because I'm like in my house and it's like totally comfortable, but normally, I'm excited. Normally, I'd be the same. But then, as you saw earlier, my wife started crawling in the background, yeah, <laughs> pretending hilarious. like she's not there. I'm like, we can see you. Hi, this is Chelsea. This is Michael, and we are Coffee with Creators. Come sit with us, and let's talk about content creation and all things creative. So welcome to our scrappy little podcast. Hello, Chelsea. Hi, Michael. Good afternoon. Good evening to you. Always nice to see you. Same. Always nice to see you and your perfectly quafted hair. <laughs> I use dog we shampoo. Probably. I know. Kidding. We should probably let in our guests. They're just hanging out. I know. The door I there. know. Okay. So we have a very, very special guest today. And um, for a light introduction, our guests are. Um, they're a, a brand or a company. I don't know how to describe them, but basically, they make some of the most inspiring. Um, accessories or even just, I don't even know if accessories is the right word because some of the items that they make are rather big. But welcome to the podcast, our very special guest, Sarah and Dan from The Artifox. Sorry, it's kind (laughs) of... Hi, welcome. Hi, guys. How are you? We're doing awesome. How are you guys? Uh, I know it's uh, you guys are in uh, Missouri, if I'm not mistaken. And it's around 5.30 in the afternoon. So, yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you for finding the time. So, I tried not to run my mouth again because I tend to do that. I I tend to talk a lot. So, I'm going to let you try to introduce yourselves instead of me just talking (laughs) for the entire podcast again. Well, so we are Artifacts. We are a husband and wife team. We're both designers by trade and my background's in architecture and Dan is graphic design and product development. Um, Artifacts has been around for almost seven years now and we design and develop functional, beautiful home office furniture, desks, bike racks, shelves, desk accessories, everything you need to get set up to be productive. So I wasn't really sure how to describe it. So if you were to try to describe your company or what you do, is it still called accessories? I mean, some you you make some desks and it's just like, how do you describe it? It's not a furniture, right? So I don't know. It's, it's furniture. Yeah, it's, it's furniture, fun. okay. Furniture and accessories. And we kind of started more in the furniture side and then have like sort of spread out into the surrounding smaller items to kind of outfit the furniture. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. kind of become a balance of both really. I see. I see. And Chelsea, you've heard of the Artifacts, right? I have heard of the Artifacts. I, when I first started like decorating my office, I was constantly on their website looking for desks and stuff. I ended up going with something different, but yes, I love it. And I was so close to buying the bike rack, even though I don't have a bike, <laughs> I still wanted to like hang a bike on my wall because the I rack is like, it's just so like cool. On its own. <laughs> Right. That's exactly what I thought. I was telling my husband, I was like, I can just put this as like a piece of art. He's like, but you don't have a bike. Like we're not even bike people. Who cares? You're not getting it. (laughs) So yeah, it's, I've actually followed you guys ever since I started my Instagram account. And I remember very specifically, this was like maybe three years ago that I looked at your stuff. Wait, was it three years ago? Probably not that far 
back, but just like a couple, like maybe at least two years ago, I saw your, your Instagram page and I said, wow, look at this, like all these accessories, they're so, they look so high quality, but I've never seen anyone really um, like take pictures of them or share them on social media, except for one. And he, I think is in Germany. So for some weird reason, I assume that your company was based in Europe or something. So I never really I kind of considered that too, which is funny. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's uh, I, for the longest time, I thought you guys weren't here in the U.S., which, you know, yeah, I guess if I knew, what was that? Sorry. We get that a lot. Oh, really? So why is I that? Do you, thing, you know? do you think it, it has something to do with the design itself? Why is that? Yeah, absolutely. Even like early on when we first very first launched um, in a competition, um, our first like people like reaching out and saying, like, hey, when can I get this? Where can I get this? They were from like Japan and Australia and Europe, um, which was also kind of what made us think, actually, this is this is worth really doing. Um, and I, I do think it is because we we kind of have a very like kind of Scandinavian and like Japanese mentality where we're looking to make things that are, you know, very functional in like a small amount of space. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of our customer base is a lot of like city dwellers that might have a small studio apartment and they want that space to be special and meaningful, but also really functional. And that's what you see in a lot of these like dense European cities and very dense, you know, like Japanese and Asian cities where they have to make stuff like that. So I think that's probably where that comes from. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought, because it is very it gives off like European, like in the city vibes. And it's very minimal yet functional. Um, so, yeah, that's why I really liked it, which I guess for me is kind of what I initially wanted to go for in my office. But then it ended up being like this whole like <laughs> non-minimal situation so here we are i was gonna say um, oh sorry chelsea i was just gonna say that okay. their design looks very sophisticated and i think mm -hmm. you know i don't want to say that our, our style here isn't you calling us not sophisticated <laughs> maybe like maybe i am things. saying that but their design looks very sophisticated like as if it's mm -hmm. it's yeah from europe or something but sorry go ahead that's fine i was just curious i would love to know and michael as well what is your guys's story behind artifacts like how did artifact artifacts excuse me become what it is today um so we got started from a personal need which we hope shows through but dan had just started a design agency of his own i was working as an architect and kind of knew what was out there and we didn't have anything that managed cords and screens and cables and all of this kind of tech that we all have in our spaces. And so we set out to create something different, something that could manage those things in a beautiful way, something that we would be proud of to have in our own space. Love that. I know one of your guys' favorite things that you have of mine is the tray where it keeps mm -hmm. like the pencils and everything like so super organized. I love that. Those are surprisingly multi, I don't even know how to describe it, but you can do so many things with it. Like you kind of have to be creative, but like it's not built for one purpose, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. It, Most of our products are like that, that they can be sort of modular and mix and match to do different things for your own setup. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that um, you, did you mention it earlier or did I miss, did I miss her, hear it or did I actually just read it, but you joined a competition? Yes. Okay. So we, we were already building these things for Dan's space, actually. Um, and we saw a competition online 
and I think we had a week to submit and it was a, you know, kind of this moment of, do we go for it? We have no time to do this. And within a week, we were able to submit a whole new brand and an idea and a product that we had built in a very uh, makeshift environment, <laughs> we should say, on our own. Um, but within just a few weeks of that submission, we were on the homepage and people were emailing us and there was a lot of excitement around it. And so we got excited too and we're ready to just go for it and see what we could bring to life there. Yeah, and it wasn't clear like who we would be competing with. We just thought maybe it's just gonna be a, some other like makers and people just throwing ideas out. But pretty quickly we saw that it was like some established brands that had full stores and had been around for years. And early on we're like, oh, we're not, this isn't gonna really work out. These are all established brands. I know we start to see some other things like pop in that weren't so big. And then really quickly we saw us like pop up and be like, Hey, these are the finalists. I'm like, okay, this is really interesting. And a little concerning that there's legit fully established brands. That we're <laughs> so we started getting emails from people in Australia and Tokyo wondering when, when and how, and how quickly they could get this desk design from us. And we had nothing. So we had to really just set out to figure it out quickly. That is amazing. Isn't I know. Isn't that funny how things kind of turn out like that? And it also pushes you to go ahead and chase those dreams and, you know, do those things that you kind of probably always wanted to do. So I love hearing stories like that because that's really how I live my life, like right on the edge. Like, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do it. And then I do it. And then it like blows up into this thing. And you're like, oh, my God, I wasn't really prepared for this. So you guys being in different, like having different backgrounds, um, did you realize that after this, after this uh, experience, like this surprise, I guess, did you realize that, oh, this is something that I'm actually, we're actually both very passionate about? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's, our fields were still have a lot of crossover, like it's design, you know, like in design is just creative, creative problem solving. And so Sarah's was more like physical with architecture. Mine is a little bit more with like brand, but you know, even before that I was studying like engineering and stuff. So it, it was a culmination of things that we have, were all interested in doing and had skill sets in. So it wasn't a huge leap. You know, I was already helping people sell brand and market their products. You know, that's what I was doing for a living. Mm -hmm. um, and Sarah was helping build and kind of engineer big, you know, spaces that still functionally were similar in which it was like supposed to be inspiring and, you know, help you with, with your work and your environment and make these, you know, spaces that are desirable. So it wasn't a huge leap. It was just taking our minds and kind of shifting them into that right position using all the things that were already there. Okay. Well, and I get the question a lot too, because I run most of the business development for Artifacts of how did you go from being an architect to business? And so to me, it's, it's more of the thought process involved of having a concept and an idea and bringing that to life and taking something into reality. And that's what business growth and development kind of became to us of creative problem solving in a similar way that we would do elsewhere. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. That does make sense. Like it's not it in a way, in a way it still felt natural for you guys to, to transition from your, your own practices to, to, to this, cause it does still fall under the, the big umbrella of design basically. It's just amazing from from thought to like paper to actually to actual reality. And it's now you guys are here. You know, you have your own thing going on. That's just that's just a, such a cool story. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. I love it. It's great. Um, I would also love to know what is your guys's kind of approach to design? I know you kind of touched on it 
being like functional and things, but how do you guys really approach your design when you're designing something new? Yeah, so we, we've actually more recently started to really put that kind of to paper, um, taking all the ideas that we always kind of used like intuitively, I guess. And um, we kind of even created a list, you know, over the last year to say like, okay, hey, what are, what are our foundations that we're going to kind of base everything off of? And um, those things are, are, are being mindful, you know, like actually thinking through things, putting thought into it, not just throwing out, you know, the first idea or, you know, just solving the surface level problem, thinking of the problems below it. So being very like mindful in what we do. Um, and then we try to be really clever. So we try to say like, what are some interesting ways that we can, can do this? And that's really, that's where the brand came from. Cause like clever, like a Fox and artifacts. So, you know, artifacts being man-made things, foxes being these like clever, fun, little mm-hmm. creatures. And so like, that's kind of where that, that foundationally came from for the brand. Um, so we're always trying to make these little kind of clever ideas in there, whether they're, you know, extremely subtle, which is one of our other terms, um, or they're kind of more obvious. Um, and that, that subtlety is really, is really key too, because we try to be, you know, minimalist, even though it's a very buzzy word right now, um, because we think that you can be very overwhelmed and kind of inundated with like things that are happening. So we want to make sure that we're solving those problems, but not in an overly obvious way. Um, so, uh, and then from there, we kind of look at like creating these very symbiotic systems. So, you know, when you're doing accessories and furniture, you want to make sure it's not like, they're not, you know, separate from one another. They're like, oh, I got this thing. Now I want this thing. Now I want that thing. And they all work really well together mm-hmm. in this like symbiotic relationship in which they play off of each other. Um, and then we always want to make sure we're doing quality. So, so lasting is our other thing. Um, and through things being lasting, they're also, um, you know, very like eco-friendly in a way in which you're not kind of taking part in this disposable culture of like, I'm going to buy something and then I'm going to throw it away and then I'm going to buy something new and I'm going to throw it away. Right. So, you know, our products are made to last a very long time. They're made from solid wood, you know, solid aluminum and steel. They're powder coated. We don't just do kind of, you know, these chintzy paint surfaces. Um, so like if you take care of our products, they'll be generational products. And we think through that, you know, we're helping, you know, eliminate some of these issues of just disposable, like, you know, landfills just being full of all this junk that you move on to the next trend or it just wasn't built nice in the first place Mm. um it's built to be like temporary and we don't want to do that so those are kind of our you know pillars that's great i love that yeah that's awesome uh it it make to me just listening to you guys explain your background and you know how you came up with the ideas and to all the way to the design language one word just jumps out for, uh, for me and it's intentional. Like you guys are very intentional with what you do with your design, even the naming, the naming you, you kept saying, you know, we wanted to be clever. The naming is clever. Our, so clever. Our, That's yeah, it's what like, I was thinking. I like that. It's so, so clever. It's so I never awesome. I would have come up with something like that. And I think um, someone said this and I don't, I'm not really sure who said it, but they said that good design, it basically becomes kind of invisible, right? It's not, it's not overly, uh, obvious or showy, but it kind of disappears in the background, but it works. And I'm like that, that, you know, that, that kind of resonated with me when, when, uh, when you were explaining. So that's cool. That's, that's a Dieter Rams. Oh, okay. 
I'm terrible with, with, <laughs> with stuff like that. You can ask Chelsea. Like, I read somewhere, I don't even know where, and but someone said this. It could have been Chelsea. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> could have been. I don't it know either. Been, yeah. I really stuck with him. <laughs> I love Dita like design principles. Those are something that we always like look to as well and have tried to, you know, obviously you can take those and they're very like foundational. You can apply them to everything. So we've kind of like looked at a lot of those things that these great designers have established and then kind of morphed them into a more specific application for us. Um, but yeah, I, I love the good design is invisible, which yeah. you can take and think like, oh, it's like, you know, that sounds lame, right? Like I want my design to be, everybody knows it and this whole big, huge deal. But the truth about it is like the design part of it should be invisible. You shouldn't like see the solutions. You should just feel them and experience them. Right. And it should be like, of course, this is how it's made. Why, why would it be made any other way? Right, exactly. Yeah. I think I read somewhere in your blog or somewhere on your site, something about if if uh, like future civilization were to dig up the, the stuff that you made, they would understand what its purpose was. Is that correct? That is one of our favorite quotes that was in the press about us early on. And it was just so funny because we felt like they got it, what we were trying to do mm -hmm. of this is how we live and work now with tablets and phones and the way all of this looks today. But we also design things to be flexible for technology changes. And it was just kind of a cool thing to connect this artifact statement with this new design and development that we've been doing. Yeah, that was really good. I thought that was clever. I'm like, these guys are so clever. They've thought about everything, oh, but that was actually from the press. So that's, that's, that's actually really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that quote. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell me and Chelsea, Chelsea and I were laughing just earlier because we were saying, we were talking, we were sharing stories about how a lot of people have mistake have, we basically thought that we were a couple. You're saying, are you guys a couple? They always, like, think, they always think we are. And then we show up in two different areas. And they're like, oh, maybe not. Yeah, how come Michael <laughs> lives there? And, you know, so we just thought it was interesting. We started sharing stories about like how it would be like to, like for me, for example, if I were to be working with my wife, how would that experience be? I can tell you guys right now, terrible. So that would be a terrible <laughs> Same. I couldn't work with my husband. So tell us a little bit more of the dynamic of you guys, like between you guys. Like how do you guys, how did you, did you... Was it a rough start? Was it, I don't know. I just can't put myself in that situation. So I'm really genuinely curious. Well, actually what's funny is when we first started, people didn't know we were a couple and we had the opposite experience that they would assume that we weren't because they didn't want to assume that we were. Um, I assumed you guys weren't a couple. Yeah. And then, then Michael was like, no, they are a couple. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I would say, I mean, it's been good for us because we do have two different backgrounds and two different ways of thinking about what we're building. But at the same time, we kind of have our own siloed roles where I'm business development and marketing and working with supply chains and Dan's focus on product development and design and the creative side. So we're able to go off and kind of do our own things in those spaces, but then come back and join them together in a really nice way. Yeah. And we've, we've known each other for a very long time. So I think that kind of helps, you know, we grew up in the same area and kind of knew each other like all the way through school and everything. So there's just kind of been this similarity through proximity and always have been, you know, knowing each other so closely for so long that some of that stuff where you become 
a very strong personality that's like over here. And then you meet somebody that has a very strong personality here when you're fully established. And then they kind of, you can butt heads, especially yeah. when you get into business where things are very kind of tense. So, I mean, there's still always, you know, tension owning a business together, but I think through what Sarah said and knowing each other for a long time, um, we can, it's, it's not too hard to get kind of over those little hurdles. Mm -hmm. And in design, we've always seen that tension can be a good thing of, you know, people believing strongly in what they're thinking or seeing. And then often when those things meet, you find the best solution with both, both things coming to a good spot. That's a very good point. Yeah, that's great. That's actually I love a very that. good point. Yeah. I love hearing when couples can work together, like in, in a business sense, because my husband and I can't even <laughs> mow the grass together. <laughs> <laughs> He sucks at it and it makes me angry. Like just last weekend, I was like, oh, why are you so bad at, at weed eating? He's like, because I don't care. And he's just like, I know. Play your strengths. Exactly. <laughs> Listening yeah. to Sarah and Dan gives me hope, Chelsea. It's like, <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> I should have my wife listen to this. She doesn't yeah. even know that I'm doing. She's like, what are you doing right now? I'm like, I'm, re I'm recording a podcast. What's your podcast? I'm like, never mind. You're she relaxed. doesn't even, I mean, Michael and I have been doing this for a year and she's like, what is that again? I'm like, Lynn, you know me. <laughs> yeah. Who is that girl? <laughs> like that's Chelsea. That's now nah, she's just being goofy that like that. Zooming to catch up with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So you guys have been in business for roughly how long now? Like almost seven years. Seven years. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's awesome. I'm guessing I didn't know you guys had been around that long. You guys are very quiet in the social media space. That's why. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing. Well, I, we, I will say like, like you mentioned before, we, we're, we're very intentional. Mm -hmm. And so we do try to like focus on individuals and kind of, you know, we haven't gone down the path of like, you know, raising a ton of money and stuff. We've been trying to really do things intentionally and you know with control and being thoughtful through it so you know we're not the type of company to kind of try to just shotgun across you know the social networks and just hope things stick um we've just been a little bit more intentional than that so hopefully that's the reason and not because it's not, no uh, that, that, you, I feel you like that is the reason yeah you put it in a good way because to me it doesn't it doesn't sound like when i say that you guys are being quiet in the social media space it's not a bad thing like it to me it just feels like you guys care of what whatever you guys are putting out there so it's not like you said like it's not a it's not like a, a spray and pray kind of thing like yeah. let's see what happens no so <laughs> it's very intentional like you know that we keep going back to that word and i really really like that and i think um that's why you know when i look at your stuff it's like it's funny because i look at your stuff i don't even have to really think about it like i know exactly what this thing does you know what I mean? When uh, um, recently I had the uh, the opportunity to work with you guys and you guys sent me the uh, the shelf. And it, the first time I opened it, I'm like, it's it's a weird feeling because I've, I'm so used to other products. When I open it up, like there's so many like, I don't even know how to describe it now. Like, because I don't want to say that the stuff that they send me are um, full of fluff. You know what I mean? But you guys, your stuff is just so straightforward. And it's just like, oh. This is it. This is, and this is awesome. And I, my sister and I were like playing around with it. And I'm like, what can we do? We were actually flipping the, the, um, the shelf upside down because you can use it as, you can still use it as a shelf, even though it's like flipped upside down. You should see Chelsea. Cool. It's, it's actually yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. Chelsea hasn't seen video. that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. Awesome. It's the worst part, the worst business partner. Ever. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're just on brand, Chelsea. That's what it is. We we're are. just yeah, we're just on brand. So seven years in business. Um, I'm guessing you guys have learned a lot of lessons, like a lot of hard lessons, and you know, hopefully most of them are good. Um, my question, and this is just out of my own curious mind, just because I always think of this myself. But if you were given a chance to talk to your younger self, let's say you know your yourself six six or seven years ago, what advice would you give your younger self? I would say that, especially coming from a design background, the natural inclination is to want everything to be perfect all the time or very exact. And what has served us well is following a curiosity or an excitement about something, not necessarily knowing all the answers. And so to tell my younger self or young people listening of follow that and just run towards that. And you can figure a lot out if you're just excited about it as you go. Ooh, I love that. I no, love that. such a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to like overthink things a lot. Like I'm a perfectionist. Even, even this question, I think, okay, if I told myself this, would it be like a butterfly effect and my whole life would change? I, would <laughs> I think that same thing. I'm the same way. I love that. Like, I'm, I'm not talking to my younger self. Are you kidding me? I've seen those movies. Right, right. So I, my intuition is like, I wish I understand business a little bit better a little earlier. Because um, there's, a, there's a lot of like, you know, on-site learning. And like the business side, you can make very big mistakes um, that can like change the tra trajectory. So mm -hmm. I wish I would have known a little bit more about that, but like I studied so many random things in school that I can't imagine adding another one. Mm -hmm. um, but I do wish like I understood that even a little bit better. And my, my parents um, kind of ran their own business, a very like small mom and pop shop when I was a kid. So like I had a little bit of understanding of like, oh, they have to think about this and this expense and all that stuff. So I had a little bit, but you know, once you really get into it, there's just, there's just so much to learn and understand in, in that world. And, you know, running your own business as a designer, it's like, oh, that stuff, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. As a, as a, just like a, I'm a designer too. I, I also have a background in graphic design, although that one kind of just like fell into my, like I fell into that trade by accident, I guess. But I get that. Like to me, when I hear business and design, it does, almost doesn't mix. It's almost just like, uh, I'm definitely not going to work in that space. But tell me, did you guys ever feel, um, I don't know, like, I've always, like, even with design, right? When I'm designing something and if I'm about to share it, there's that general fear. So I can't even imagine how you guys felt coming from a design background and being like, we, we're not, we've never really made furniture before, but here it is. And it seems, you guys seem just so fearless to me. Confident. I don't well, even know. Yeah. Dan mentioned that his family owned a company. They owned a local furniture store. Ah, so there furniture we go. So okay. that's it. Totally out of left field. <laughs> okay. Well, now I feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. It was very different. It was like, you know, it was more of like um, a retail space. Like nothing was designed or came up with. It was like, you know, my mom would help pick out stuff from a manufacturer and then they would put it in their store and they would sell it. And so there wasn't a whole lot of like creative problem solving or design 
um, and saying like, oh, we got to look at this material and that material. How long is that going to last? And when this is up against that, what's that engineering like? So it wasn't that, but I, I did see like, hey, I understand how these other companies made their stuff. I had to move it all the time. I knew where things would break and, you know, would have to assemble things for display. So I had, I had enough, you know, understanding of that early on to say it's, it's not a complete unknown. To okay. Me. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm like, maybe I'm just a scaredy cat, you know, I'm afraid of everything, but no, it, well, it, that too. not to take anything <laughs> away from you. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's a good point. But not well, to take I, anything away from your experience, Dan and, and Sarah. But yeah, I feel like that makes sense. So, you know what I mean? Like it's a combination of all the background experiences, like your um, everything. So that works out. Like, that's awesome. Okay. That's great. I love that. Well, and from a business side, architecture is different from graphic design in so many ways. But there's also so many codes and regulations and kind of things that feel a lot more business-like involved. So we felt like we had both sides from that perspective too. Okay. okay. Yeah. And I will say like, it's still scary. And something that I learned like early on in like being like a contract designer, like freelance designer is if a client or a potential customer said, can you do this? I would just say yes. Even if I'd never done it before, because I, I had the confidence that I could at least figure it out. And that it wasn't going to be the end of the world if I had to go back and say, you know what, I'm not going to be able to do this. But saying that I could do it or would do it pushed me to just have to at least try to figure it out. And so like setting yourself up to have to try to figure something out enough times sort of starts to make you feel like, you know, it's not as scary on the other side of that failure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I need to write that yeah. down. Yeah, <laughs> that's really good, good, Dan. Thank you for sharing that's that. A good Dan quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, because I feel the same. Um, like, I'm always afraid of, you know, of things like people say, like my family and friends, for example, they would say, how did you do that? Aren't you afraid to like, make videos or take photos of this and that, whatever. And like, how did you learn all of that? I'm like, I, you are, you guys are assuming that I wake up and I pick up my camera. I know exactly what's going to happen. I don't like I try it out. And I'm like Dan, what Dan said, I'm pretty sure I can figure it out, but I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure what it's going to work. But you know, after repetition, right? You give it, you do it so many times, you become more confident. And then you realize that, yeah, I may not know everything right now, but if I'm willing to just stick my neck out for a little bit, I'm pretty sure I can figure it out. So that's why what Dan yeah. said just resonated with me. That was awesome. Same, same for me, because I was branding myself as a photographer and calling myself a photographer when I had no clue what I was doing <laughs> with photography. And, you know, three years later, I'm, I'm decent at it. So you, it is repetition and it's kind of learning as you go and figuring well, things out So or whatever at the beginning and you start to get faster and better. And so it all mm -hmm. kind of compounds instead of doing it once and saying, that's going to work out. Let's just yeah. fail. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, um, I'm one of those people, I bought a $1,400 camera. I was like, well, I'm a photographer now. So everyone come over and let me take your picture. And they're like, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, um, w can you guys tell us a little bit more about what you are planning? Do you, I mean, you don't have to go into detail, but I'm just, I guess that's just my weird way of, of saying, what can we expect from um, the Artifacts in the future? Are you guys making something new? Are you... Um, 
going yeah. to be a little bit more active on social or something? You don't have to tell us if you don't want to. Yeah. I can cut this part out. I just didn't know how to end the podcast. Michael. Well, we're, we're always looking at like new things and we're always looking like right now we're like looking at new spaces. So um, we kind of really started focus in like your workspace, your work environment, uh, which we focused on and made sure we had some really good solutions for. And what's interesting is kind of over, you know, the quarantine times, we were like starting to look at all these other spaces and whatnot. And we're like, man, people still need spaces to work. So we kind of thought about that when we launched the table and said, hey, this can be your dining table, but it can also be your workspace, your meeting table and make a very like functional solution there. So that was like our, our move out of the office, but still holding onto it a little bit. Um, well, we're seeing those spaces overlap so much more mm -hmm. where homes are obviously so much of people's work environments, but then offices are becoming or headed towards being a little more homey for that comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love so the dining first. room office table situation. I, I love that. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Yeah. So we, we did that and we moved into like more entryway with our bench, which again is like a very multifunctional piece that can be in a lot of spaces, but again, kind of stepping outside of that. And that's kind of what we just want to keep doing is moving into those other spaces and saying, okay, what are the, what are the problems that we see here or like the pain points and what solutions can we kind of come up with to, to solve those? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to now see what too. you guys come up with because oh, you're right. You guys are right. More people are more, uh, people are now more conscious about what they surround themselves with, like whether it be at home or in the office, especially after this last year, you know, I've, I've already seen people grumbling on social. They're like, I hate going back to work. It's so uninspiring. I'm surrounded by this gray cube. You know what I mean? So it's like, a, I'm curious. I'm curious how the workforce, I guess, like people evolve as we move forward. And I think you guys are going to be there um, coming up with these awesome ideas. I can't wait for that. Chelsea, you need to try their products. You need to I check know. it out. Well, I'm really wanting that dining room <laughs> desk table because at the moment we don't have a dining room table my husband made one it was terrible um <laughs> and we ended up giving it away i think our i don't know we just set it on our driveway and like next thing we know it was like gone so like a neighbor took it i guess um but no i love that idea because right now it's just like our dining room is like our kids playroom and it's disgusting so i would i love the idea of having like a workspace and a dining room table. It's really great. Well, and so if you look at the table, we have integrated all of the cable management functionality of the desk into it mm -hmm. below. So it's concealed, but very easily you could pop those cords up and get to work right away. Oh, okay. man, that's I need, definitely I need what that. I need. Yeah, <laughs> I need it. It's a must have. Now. It's a it's must have. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's a little acrylic tabs that cover up the cable management slots. So those are kind of fun too. Your kids would love them. Oh, oh my. my. Yeah. They would. Yeah. Right now, actually our dining room table is like this, it's a kid's table and they've drawn all over it. And it's, I'm like, people come over to our house, which no one really is. But when they start to come over, they're like, are the clampets living here? I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, you won't want them to do that to the table from us. No. <laughs> No, 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 no. They, they never drew on our real table. It's kind of like they know that's their like art table. So they're just like, it's ours, mom. And you're like, okay, whatever. So Dan and Sarah, can you, um, if people wanted to find your stuff, where can they find it? Can they just find it through your website? 
Yes, they can find us on our website, theartifox.com or on Instagram. And you guys are fairly active on Instagram? Like you can, I'm sorry. No, I mean, they can send you a message. Like uh, Michael, my God. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just trying to jump in. The timing is a little off. I apologize, guys. I just wanted to ask if um, if if it's it's for people if it's okay for people to to DM you guys directly on Instagram for any questions. Okay. Okay. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Now Michael feels so awkward. (laughs) I know. I'm just on brand. You're fine. You're fine, Michael. It's completely fine. (laughs) Chelsea, please save me. Please end this podcast. I'm here. I'm here. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. When Michael told me that you guys agreed to come over and hang out i'm like have they ever listened to us do they know what they're getting themselves into but no i really appreciate it and it was incredible hearing your guys's story and how you guys are essentially a power couple and it's really inspiration for michael and i because we are not like that with our spouses but thanks again we appreciate it and hopefully we can stay in contact with you guys yeah dan and sarah you are always welcome if you ever give us another chance to chat sit down our doors we didn't mess it up too bad hopefully not but please don't yeah of course of course thank you for for finding the time again and it's been a great talk i know i kind of chat talk too much a little bit but yeah chelsea take it away please you guys be sure to check out our friends from artifox on instagram and their website and i think i'm gonna go buy that dining room table so I'm going to hop off here and you guys, thanks again so much for listening to your favorite coffee and pizza crew. Until next time, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Michael. Signing off. Bye.